every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 151. The primary reason that we ignore our intuition is that based on how we've made decisions in the past, and I'll get into describing the four types in a minute here, um, we are stronger in one of the four types, naturally, which means that when we may are about to make a decision, that one type of intuition is very strong, which means that we can sense its signals, either positive or negative. But that also means that we're weaker in the other three types naturally. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay, now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Art of Awesome podcast. I am your host, Nick Troutman. And this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. Today is another truly awesome conversation as I get to sit down and talk with Sunil Godsey all about intuition. Sunil explains the four different types of intuition as well as a template for how to strengthen the different types of intuition. He he explains how we likely all have one that we're stronger in if we're listening to any of our intuitive signs at all. Um, but he gives us the template for strengthening all of the other three um, so that we have four strong types of intuition that we can lean on, that we can explain to others why we make the decisions that we make. Sunil has 25 years experience using this intuition um, with business, whether it be coaching and advising other businesses, making decisions, or whether it be his own personal businesses and investing. He explains how we can all tap into this intuition, whether it be in business, whether it be athletics or life, and some incredible, amazing advice about using intuition. I encourage you all to stay on uh, for the end as Sunil also explains some incredible things that his young daughters are doing, some nonprofits, and how they have been able to tap into their intuition as well to give back to our society. So um, an incredible conversation, so much practical advice and intuition is what brought me into this conversation with Sunil in the first place. And I can't wait to share it with you guys. So let's wait no longer and jump right into it. Here is Sunil Godsey. So first off, Sunil, thank you so very much for joining me here on the Art of Awesome podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to dropping some knowledge bombs on this subconscious phenomenon that I call intuition that helps us make the right decision in every single situation we're in. Awesome. Well, I love talking about intuition here on the show. Uh, very intrigued on the matter. I love the kind of concept of flow state and the subconscious mind and all that kind of stuff. And I know that you've got about 25 years experience um, dealing with intuition and entrepreneurship and business. And I'd love to hear kind of how you started in that world and how you kind of uh, were able to tap into this intuition within business and where that kind of all fell into place for you. Yeah, absolutely. And so the journey really kind of started after I wrote my first book called uh, Fail Fast, Succeed Faster. And the, the premise of that book was that if you were able, if I was to interview close to 400 people on what their failures were, and if I was to put that in a book, then conceptually, if you were to read that book, you should be able to succeed faster in business because other people have failed for you. And so that was the premise of it. And then I used to go on a, my worldwide book tour. Um, and um, one of the one pieces of the, the one question I used to always get was, Sunil, can you tell me what's the one thing that's going to help me succeed? And I used to roll my eyes saying, okay, listen, I didn't come with a cue card here or uh, I have a, a, a you know PDF worksheet. This is a full 400 page book of failures. Like there's not this one single thread until I went back to the audio recordings. And what I didn't pick up on was that 80 to 90% of those in the book had ignored their intuition 
when uh, that results in the failure. So they use things like, I knew what the right decision was. I didn't trust my intuition. I didn't trust my gut. Um, and what I ended up finding out was that those are the people, the, the people who were able to kind of go back and actually fix those failures or overcome the hurdles, it all ended up becoming the relationships that they had uh, that got them there. And one of the, 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 one of the stories I like to share is is with, with the whole Boston pizza chain uh, with Jim Treliving, who, uh, you know, they were out West and they wanted to expand out to Eastern Canada. And what happened is they didn't trust or read the, the what they, their customers wanted. So in Vancouver, Canada, for example, you kind of eat at about three or four o'clock on your way home. Whereas in Ontario, uh, you know, you eat much, much, oh, sorry, Vancouver, you eat much later. Uh, and in, in Ontario, you eat much earlier. And so when they expanded out, out East, they were, uh, they were people waiting in line um, to eat and there was nobody in the kit. There was no kitchen staff. Uh, and so what ended up happening is that had he not trusted his intuition to pull back, he would have, the whole Boston pizza chain would have, uh, would have flown the coop right there. Uh, and he said, I, I knew what exactly what the right decision was. I didn't trust my intuition. We pulled back, went back to Vancouver, said, we need to understand who our customers are. And when we understand our customers, now we're able to deliver a product. And then uh, they were able to expand very quickly internationally. Uh, whereas other chains that did the same that went out East actually failed because they didn't uh, end up figuring out what the customer was all about. So that was my first brush with intuition. And so I'm thinking, okay, wow. I kind of got to think about this uh, this thing called intuition. So what is it? And so what if I look back at my experience, I remember you know, even at five years old, there was something nudging me. Like my dad said, you know, there's these, I wanted these video games. My dad was saying they're too expensive. And so I was saying, no, you know what? That's not what I wanted to hear. And I distinctly remember this voice saying, Sunil, go door to door to raise money. And that's exactly what, what I did as a five-year-old. And so I remember bringing my two and a half year old brother in tow with him and diapers and me kind of trudging along. And on a Saturday morning, we went from house to house and we gathered $200 that day and a hundred dollars went to my dad for the video games. The other hundred dollars went to charity because that's what I love to do. Um, and so I remember these things that were nudging me at uh, what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. Um, and so if I remember, okay, this voice, that's great. But then there was a time when I went into engineering where, and if you look at me, I'm South Asian. So there's like four careers you go into, uh, four career doors, doctor, lawyer, engineer, or your failure. And that's it. And so I wanted to be the entrepreneur. My dad was not going to have it. Cultural norms, the East Indian cultural norms weren't really having a habit. So there was a lot of resistance there. And I remember, again, some nudges saying, you're meant to be an entrepreneur. You know, that's not, the, the path is not engineering. Yet I ignored those nudges to get into engineering and I hated it. And two and a half years into engineering, uh, there was this opportunity to become a, an investor in a Mexican restaurant chain that was coming up to Canada. And I remember there's that nudge again, the saying, you know what, this is the right opportunity. And I joined on as a private investor and pretty soon I was making two and a half, four, sorry, five times more in dividends than I was as a full-time engineer. And wow. so I had to, I, I left uh, engineering. I sacrificed my dad's relationship. He didn't speak to me for a number of years. But I was having an amazing time and I was, I, I earned about $20 million in revenues and a bunch of different businesses from clothing, entertainment, pop-up events, uh, wholesale and retail clothing. And then more people ended up finding out what I was doing and I ended up starting to consult uh, a lot more. And um, then I had this consulting contract down in Silicon Valley that came up and it's, it was like, oh my God, look at the money. And I got so enamored with the money, but um uh, is the contract term started changing. And once again, there's a different nudge that's saying, Sunil, back away from this contract. And uh, I didn't do that. And um, I ended up spending every single penny to go down there and they didn't pay me. And I came up to Canada broke. Um, but perhaps the one where I really needed to understand what intuition was is that I've got all these nudges that were happening, that all different characters, different, you know, different, uh, like some are smaller or quieter, some are louder. And I, I, there was no consistency in these nudges. And I remember when I was in engineering, um, there was this uh, friend of mine who needed uh, advice. She was being stalked at the time. 
And uh, once again, there's this, this, this kind of nudging that was saying, you know, meet with her that afternoon. She was asking for advice and I was doing coaching and engineering. Uh, and um, I, I had a couple of people convince me, Snail, let's go for beers. And so I just say, Hey, listen, you know, um, Terry Lynn, would you, would you mind uh, if we meet a couple of days later? And as a good friend that she was, she was saying, yeah, sure. But as I was asking that question, I remember this sort of, this, this increase in, 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 um, you know, just how loud this nudge was to say, mm, 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 don't meet with her later. And so I ignored that. Uh, and what ended up happening is the very next day, uh, the stalker walked up to her at a bus shelter and put a bullet through her forehead uh, and killed her instantly. Wow. And so, yeah. And so now, when I reflected back on these, all these different nudges that were quieter, that were louder, that were different. What is this thing called intuition? And, and why was I able to trust it in certain uh, areas and not in other areas? And so I really need to research what this was and why was I listening to certain people and uh, where I shouldn't have and when I, and there were other people that I should have. So there's this whole sort of combination of things going through my head. And so I took a deep dive into the research, the scientific research at the time. And um, at the time, if you went on Google, uh, you, know, you, you got things like manifestation and you got things like coming from the cosmos, voices from God. And if people really understand what is, if that's what intuition was, that's fine. It didn't, it didn't matter to me, but I, because of my engineering background, you know, I kind of wanted to have this sort of scientific explanation of it. So I went into the research and looked at a database and there were close to uh, 67,000 articles on intuition and business. And I had no clue. And so when I looked at the, it, when I came to intuition and relationships in business, 80% of employees, if you look at stats that come out from Gallup, 80% of employees are unhappy. 96% of employees are fleeing cust uh, cust brands because they have bad customer service. And so we have this Edelman Trust Report that's coming out. And when I looked at the research as to what these losses came out to be, $1.3 trillion a year in losses from businesses. Um, and wow. it was very important that when employees actually trusted their employers, um, the, the statistics showed that they are 37% more productive and 31% of that goes directly to the bottom line. And they're three times more creative. Uh, and so they make much better employees and much better team members. Uh, and so that was from an employee perspective. When I looked at the, from a customer perspective, a customer who trusts you, uh, your, your core values, who you stand for, your products and services are nine times more likely to convert when it comes to a marketing message. And when they do convert, they're almost they're buying almost two times more on a subsequent purchase, and they're telling others. And so there's all this this these statistics that are showing me that when you actually trust your intuition in business, you know great things happen. And and so we want to kind of avoid those statistics. And so it was really really important for me to really understand. Okay, did I do that in business as well? And so when I look back at what I did in business and try and take a look at, okay, how did I use it? And how have others used it? And I took an even deeper dive into, into uh, what intuition it was uh, and to really understand the complex components. The way that I describe intuition is like driving a car. And so I'm talking about these nudges and then, and we all have sort of this voice or we feel like something's not right. But when you drive a car, for example, like you, you turn the keys or you press the button um, and you hear the engine whir and, uh, you know, you drive off, right? And if the engine's sounding okay, we're not mechanics, then we simply drive off and we get from point A to point B. And so that engine, engine whirring are these things called intuitive signals. These are the, the nudges that I had, the voice that I had. And so what I ended up finding out is that intuition has two types of signals. There are positive signals that are telling you to move ahead with a decision and negative signals that are telling you to back away from a decision. And so what I found out was that these signals are unique to each one of us. And so after interviewing close to now 2,000 people, uh, there are some common ones like the voice or the hairs on the back of the neck. But when it came to positive signals, so for example, my positive signal is the dots connecting or a sense of flow. 
Whereas I had this CEO that I interviewed and he sees this omen that pops up on his right shoulder. And so this CEO has now run two multi-million dollar Canadian businesses based on this omen that pops up. And so when this omen pops up, he says yes to hiring or bringing on a business partner, getting some investment money. And he, his first uh, business was in the online, um, online space, online retail space, grew that to multi-million dollars. And then he moved off to bespoke clothing. And now he's ex- expanding internationally. Again, he still sees this omen. So that's how unique your positive intuitive signals are. The negative intuitive signals are a little bit uh, more complicated in that they start very subtle in nature. And so as you continue to ignore those negative signals, they start to get louder and louder. So it may start as something uncomfortable, but then it gets louder. And in some cases, uh, you know, there's a signal that you just simply cannot ignore anymore. And I had one uh, particular entrepreneur that I was interviewing and he, of course, nobody's ever asked him about signals. And so he says, I'm not sure how to answer that question, Sunil, but let me just talk about my, the failures that he had. And as he's talking about his failures, he's grabbing his left earlobe and he just says, oh my God, Sunil, I just realized every single time I make a bad decision, my intuition has my left earlobe pulsate with heat. Hmm. And so that was his negative. That's how unique it is. And so my, my negative signal, my very, very first one is that I lose my peripheral vision and I get hyper-focused forward and my eyebrows cross. Now, it doesn't mean that there's something in front of me is a decision I have to back away from. It just means that what I'm thinking or the decision I'm about to make needs to be one that I need to back away from to get a little bit more information. Maybe perhaps I need to uh, abandon the decision, decision altogether, or perhaps I need to get uh, more advice from somebody else, or I need to do more research. Whatever that hesitancy is, when I lose my, uh, my focus, uh, my, my peripheral vision, I know that there's that decision I need to back away from right now. So that's your positive and negative intuitive signals. And so each one of us needs to find out what this in their inventory is for them. So they may, we may all have a voice, you know, but some others have, they're very, very unique, as I mentioned. Um, and so that's the first thing that I found out about intuition. I, I love this, this whole story and, and everything that you're explaining. And there's so many similarities that I see in what you're referring to with intuition in business. And, and I myself am a professional athlete and, and do a lot of whitewater kayaking and, um, rivers and waterfalls and stuff like that. And I've had so many similar experiences to you where I get this intuition, this, I I call it like a gut instinct sometimes, because for me, I'll get this like sickening feeling in my gut when, you know, I, I should make a different decision or I should take on more information, um, or, or just reassess the scenario. And like you, when I was younger, I would, not listen very much. I would kind of avoid it. And uh, then I would make mistakes. I would, you know, something would go wrong in the rapid or the waterfall or, or yeah, just wouldn't have my best line. And it it was only after reflection and, and starting to realize when I get this feeling and, and I continue forward without like listening to it or without acknowledging it, um, mistakes happen or bad things happen or just bad things occur. And only after like realizing that and listening, did I start to recognize like, okay, when I get that feeling, I have to pay attention and then at minimum reassess the scenario or maybe take a step back or maybe avoid that rapid or waterfall. And I wonder how much of that has to do with just the fact that whether it be society or whether it just be that it's hard for us to um, explain what this intuition is like, you know, whether someone gets a gut instinct, whether someone hears voices, whether someone sees an omen, these are all such different things. And and they're almost, you know, whether, whether you call it like voodoo or whether it's just this kind of hard to explain phenomena, um, it's so easy to then disregard it, right? You're just like, oh, because I can't explain it very well, therefore it isn't real. And therefore I should just disregard it. And, and I feel that I don't know, again, whether it's just from society or whether, you know, if you start telling people like, oh, I make decisions because of the voices that I hear in my head, people are going to think you're a little crazy and be like, I'm not sure. I don't want to do business with this guy. Um, But I think that we all get these things. And and again, like what you said, they're so different for different people. Um, 
but for me, again, through all these mistakes that I've made, like yourself, where it, it almost seems like it's easier to to learn through failure um, and, and through the mistakes. And you start making enough mistakes and you're going to think to yourself, okay, how do I avoid this? And why do I keep getting these same signals before I make a mistake? Maybe I should listen to that signal that I'm getting and re recorrect before I make it. Um, so I think, yeah, intuition is, is an amazing tool um, that we could all use more often. And, and I was wondering, have you figured out through all your studies and, and everything, is there a way to um, strengthen intuition? Is there, a, is, is there a way that we can, other than through mistake and, and failure and realizing what maybe those telltale signs are, is there any other way that we can kind of hone in on what our intuition might be telling us and how to kind of use it um, before making the mistakes as much? Yeah, absolutely. And and the, the number one reason that we we uh, ignore our intuition is because it, it has to do with the complex structure of intuition. Uh, and so uh, if you look at it, when I look deeper into what intuition is, there's actually four types of intuition. So if we go back to that car analogy, it's like if we want to drive the car, it's great, but you, you, you don't need to pop open the hood to take a look at the gear and the oil and the compression ratios and all that and the pistons to drive the car. But when I could have popped open the hood, so to speak, on intuition, what I found out is that there are four types of intuition. And one of the reasons, well, the, the primary reason that we ignore our intuition is that based on how we've made decisions in the past, and I'll get into describing the four types in a minute here, um, we are stronger in one of the four types naturally, which means that when we may are about to make a decision, that one type of intuition is very strong, which means that we can sense its signals, either positive or negative. But that also means that we're weaker in the other three types naturally. And which means that when they are sending you a positive or negative signal, particularly a negative signal, you can't sense it because you have not taken the appropriate training to strengthen those other three. And that's what I do with the intuitive branding that I, that I do with businesses is the first thing is I, I do is I strengthen um, three of the four because the one is already naturally strengthened. But when you look at a decision from all four types of intuition, it's an incredibly balanced decision that uh, makes sure it's not overly emotional, it's not overly, over, overly rational, and it takes apart, uh, takes into account four different things that I'm going to talk about here. And so the best way that I can describe the four types of intuition is actually through a case study of a non-believer. So okay. one of my first interviewees was a fellow by the name of John Rothschild. And John was in the business of being an investment banker. So for him, data, experience, all that stuff is everything about life is like an Excel spreadsheet to him. So when I approached him, I said, John, I want to do an interview on intuition and how it affected your life. He goes, come on, Sunil, what are you, what are you talking about? And I remember what I was talking earlier, that if you Googled intuition at the time, uh, there were things like voices from God and coming from the cosmos. So somebody who is an investment banker, this guy must think that I need, you know, he's probably going to recommend me to a psychiatrist when I meet him. Yeah. So he says, look, uh, you know, I haven't seen you after uh, for a long time. Let's meet. I'll, I'll give you an hour. I'll, I'll book the boardroom and we'll chat. And you can ask me about whatever intuition, you know, talk about for five minutes and let's catch up for the rest of the hour. So I'm driving down to see John. And I have, I'm saying, oh man, this is not great for my first interview. Uh, and so I, I set up the camera and I start telling him about the CEO that sees omens. This is all on camera. I tell him about the CEO that has the left earlobe getting hot. And he says, you know, Sunil, I, I would like to shake their hands, but uh, you know, all this manifestation, all this, you know, okay, listen. The, the ultimately, every decision you make is based on your learning and experience. And so now we're going to start venturing into the four types of intuition. One of the four types of intuition is called experiential intuition. <clears throat> and so when you're born, uh, and there's, a, there's actually a research study that shows that infants as young as two months old have been shown to have intuitive tendencies. There's actually a couple of papers that have, uh, that have shown that. Um, when you're born, if you look at your brain like an iceberg, 90% below water is the subconscious area of your brain, 10% above, which is the conscious area of the brain. 
when we're very young, five to 6,000, we experience five to 6,000 experiences a day. Things like walking, touching the oven, uh, putting your hand in fire. And we're learning all these things of what not to do. And your intuition is picking up on all these data points. And as we age, the number of experiences we have go to 28 to 35,000 per day. And so if you think about today, every single piece of that information, every data point of experience and learning, both formal and informal, and you're learning both formal and informal, street smarts, as well as going to college or working a job, whatever, every single piece of data goes into your the subconscious area of your brain like a library. And even your failures go into the, that subconscious area of your brain. So when we are making a decision today, your intuition goes into the, the experiential intuition, goes into this library of billions of billions and billions of data points to say that the decision that you're making today, so let's say, Nick, the decision you're making today, based on your past history and patterns of what worked and what didn't work ever since you were born, is the right decision because it's worked in the past or it didn't work out in the past or for somebody else, you better take a step back because something's not right. So your intuition is not, your experiential intuition based on what's happened in the past is not, is telling you something's amiss. And so it starts sending you a negative signal. And so what I was telling John is that sometimes your intuition has you go against the data. And he goes, well, that's kind of funny. You mentioned that Sunil because I have an experience just like that. And I said, well, please tell me. Again, this is all on camera. So he, John was in the business of putting franchise locations in like McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, Dunkin' Donuts, things like that. And his team would look at a benchmarking system out of 10. So uh, they would look at traffic patterns, demographics in the area and development. And so if it was a good location, it would be a nine or a nine and a half out of 10. And they put a location in there. Anything less than a nine, forget it, because it was, it was destined for you know, weakness in terms of profitability. And so there's this one area in Toronto that has, his team had assessed. It was a five and a half out of 10. And now we're getting into the second of the, of the four called situational intuition. Situational intuition looks at the situation and the other business units to say, hmm, it, are things really kind of working the way that they should be? Are they going to support this decision? And we've all walked into this room personally, where we walk into a certain room or a certain situation, we go, huh, something's off here. And so that's your situational intuition triggering to say there's something off in this environment. So John walks into this, it was a dilapidated area of Toronto. And he's looking at this, this sheet, this is five and a half out of 10, ready to rule it out. And his intuition is looking around saying, no, you know what? I think we should be putting a location here. Um, and so he goes against his team's data and he says, now he's saying, perhaps it's intuition. I'm not sure, but I went against my team's data and we put a location. That location ended up being one of the most profitable brands called the beer market under his whole portfolio of brands. And so now John's kind of getting it. Hmm. And so then we're going to start talking about relational intuition, which is a third of the four, because John's purpose starts changing. And so he no longer wants to be an investment banker anymore. He actually wants to run a business. So all the people that he wanted to take advice from that he thought were his friends were saying he was nuts. But these were people who were concerned about money, ego, fame, high-end restaurants, private jets, limousines, they didn't want to find out about why, except his wife. She was the only person that asked him, John, why do you want to do this? And so relational intuition stripped all the other people out because they really didn't care. And the only person that his relational intuition would have him uh, listen to in terms of a decision was his wife. And so now I'm paraphrasing. Now we're about 45 minutes into this discussion where he started that intuition doesn't exist. And on video, he's saying, Sunil, sometimes I told my wife, this just feels right. Sometimes you can have all the data in the world, but you have to trust your intuition. And he's getting it. He's now got it. And the fourth of the four uh, types of intuition is called creative intuition. 
creative intuition gives you the risk level. So if you're, if you're eating a sandwich or turning left at the lights, you know, that's not very creative. But in John's case, you would think his intuition after 25 years of earning three to $4 million a year as an investment banker, you would think his intuition saying, okay, here's a nice business with strong balance sheet, healthy cash flows and good revenues. That's what you should take over. Not his intuition. His creative intuition was so high that it was telling him, here's a tiny bankrupt little restaurant, sir. Why don't you go ahead and take that? And so he rolled up his sleeves. He quit his three to $4 million a year job to walk into this tiny bankrupt little restaurant because it felt right. Hmm. That tiny bankrupt little restaurant ended up being a restaurant chain called Eastside Mario's. This was Eastside Mario's location number one. And over the next 20 years, he grew that to over $2 billion a year, wow. all because it felt right. That's how the four types of intuition work in conjunction with its signals. And so when you get the right training and you start understanding how intuition works for you in this, it may be complex. It acts very simply. That's how you use the power of intuition in business. And as I said earlier, because you're, we're weaker in the three of the four, without the proper training, you don't, you're going to miss those signals. And so when, those, when th- any one of those three are kind of warn you, about getting away from a decision, you don't know what those signals are. And so then you start making one bad decision after another intuition works. Wow. <clears throat> so there's a couple things there, again, that I'd love to unpack because I, I think this is phenomenal. And, and um, I find it so relatable to so many things that I've done. And, and I've been taking notes as, as you've been explaining this all. Um, the first thing that, I, that I'd love to just uh, explain is, how you've got the the four different types of intuition and only once you explain it that way, do I start recognizing that I'm only strong in one of these four or that I'm more like I'm stronger in one of these four. And for me, that's probably, um, I'm guessing it's environmental, um, in the sense that through kayaking and, and honing, um, my intuition within paddling, I usually feel that negative urge, like when something could go wrong. And so then, I, 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 yeah, through failure, I, I've learned to trust that. Um, and ironically, in, in business and like in, in investing in real estate and stuff like that, I'm still, I don't have the same trust of my intuition that I do within paddling. And it, it's a little bit more foggy of like when to listen of when something's negative or when to listen when something's a positive. Because again, with paddling, I, I feel more of that intuition or that... Um, that gut instinct when, when there's like something more fearful, do you know what I mean? Whether it be life threatening or something like that. And so I I have to learn to trust the more positives or the creative or relational, um, parts of intuition. So what, what might be if, if I recognize, you know, where my strength of these four and where my weaknesses are, how can I pinpoint and strengthen, um, the ones in particular that I might be more weak at? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so the one you're talking about is, I think you're talking about environmental is more situational. So let's take the four types of intuitions. Let's implant that. Let's do a, a practical exercise. Let's say you're looking at a real estate property. And, and so if you look at a real estate property, for you, one of the strongest indicators, if, if situational intuition is really um, the strongest one for you, then what you would be looking at is, okay, here's a property I want to invest in or buy. Um, and I'm going to first look at your intuition is going to first look at the property values around you. What's the situation for that particular property in terms of its value around that area? Yeah, does it have schools? Uh, and this, you could be doing this subconsciously. Is it close to bus routes? Uh, is it good traffic patterns? It is, is it in a good postal code area, if that's what matters to you? Um, and so you're looking at all these factors that are important to you as an, a real estate investment. Um, that's important. And so that's your situational intuition. So you've ticked that box off. Now let's look at the three other areas that you are weaker in. One is going to be experiential intuition. And so experiential intuition is going to look at what is your experience or what's the experience of your mentors or those people that you truly trust to guide you that are successful in the real estate game. And how has their track record been in this type of real estate? So if you are weaker in experiential intuition, that just means that you haven't, you might have mentors that you trust, um, but you haven't had, you don't have a, a lot of the right experience in, in, in 
um, in real estate investing, which means that your, your experiential intuition might say, this is not such a great buy. Uh, perhaps you need to get more, uh, more knowledge from somebody or something. And so it's going to send you a warning signal to say, hold on, wait, 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 before you buy that. But because you're weaker in experiential intuition, you may not, you're, you're going to ignore that signal. And so you may buy based on just situational intuition when your experiential intuition is saying, not so, not so fast. The other one is relational intuition. Relational intuition is going to look at the people involved. So the real estate agent, the neighborhood, uh, the, you get a sense of that. Uh, is the real, real estate agent being true? Are your friends and family who are advising you, are they the right people to advise you? Or are they, do they have any real estate experience? And if, if they don't, why are you listening to them? It's great that they're going to give you advice, but that's not the correct advice because they've never put any skin in the game. So very in a subconsciously, your, your relational intuition is going to filter those people to listen to the right people. If it's a real estate agent you don't trust, get a real estate agent that you do trust. And so what happens is perhaps because you're weaker in relational intuition, maybe you feel an obligation to the real estate agent because you feel bad that you're going to ask him or her because I want to find somebody else. Your emotions get involved and you miss the negative signal from the relational intuition. And then finally, the last one is going to be creative intuition. This is a risk level. So perhaps this is in a high risk neighborhood, but it's got high returns. And perhaps that's the type you want because you want high returns, but because it's high in the creative and you, you this fear comes in, even though you fear uh, that type of investment, your intuition is saying, no, 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 no. They're based on all the other three types as well as this one. It's an okay investment. Um, but because you're fearful, you walk away from that because you're not listening to the positive signal that your, your creative intuition is saying. So those are how the four types work in every single decision. You take this template and you map it out. You fill out the strongest one that you're in, which is the situation. And then you fill out the other three. And the more you do this for every decision, mostly the important ones, the unimportant ones, I think you're able to, you can, you can fly on situational and, and the impact um, is pretty low. But what happens is you get very good at thinking about the four corners of intuition, the four types, and every single decision becomes a well-balanced decision. It strips away the emotion, just like I was telling you with the, with the real estate agent, and it strips away the logic that perhaps the data is not showing that this is a great property, but perhaps the development in this, that area is going to be great. And so that property value over time is going to go up. And so logically, it may not make sense in the present moment, but in the future, uh, because you know development's going to happen, that property value is going to go up. And so not only are you getting rental income, you're also getting uh, you know, capital gain in that, in that perspective. And then perhaps you borrow off of that capital gain and then you go to another property or you sell and you pocket that money, you pay off your debt, whatever the case is. I mean, it, it, everybody's different, but that's how those four types of intuition work in any decision. And so even, the, even in your, in your um, uh, whitewater rafting area, uh, even though you're situationally, you're looking, uh, you know, there's an element of your experience of what worked and what didn't work. There's the element of what other people are talking about if they're involved. Uh, if there are other people and they're, they're telling you not to go a certain way, you may listen to them. If there's no people involved, then relational intuition does not have a role. Um, and then there's the, the uh, situation, situational intuition we talked about. And then the creative intuition is going against what, what people may see as the norm, but this is where your safety is. And I, I actually interviewed someone who was in this exact same situation where he was kayaking with a bunch of people and there was a rock. And most people would go to the left of that rock, uh, but his intuition saying, go right. There's a narrow passageway, which looked a bit dangerous, but he knew that that's what he had to go. Everybody's saying, what the hell are you doing? Um, uh, and he said, no, 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 no. We got to go right. And he goes right. And had he not taken that decision by listening to his intuition, there was a cliff that they were going down. And so a number of people would have been injured, including himself and or dead. And it was because he decided to go against what quote unquote norm was. Yeah, there's there's some there. I mean, it's extremely powerful to have this intuition and and to listen to it and 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 it's the listening part that that I think we all probably 
um, need to practice a little bit more. And, and I love how you have explained it. When you're doing the the four different types and kind of like grading it, is this like done in your head or are you writing it down to have like a visual to be like, okay, this is actually, and kind of grading it on paper. Um, and then that way it like helps take um, some of that emotional or is it just kind of all done in your thought process? Yeah, initially it's, it's done on paper because the more that you can write down, what you can see is that the easiest column to, fit, to, to fill out is going to be the one that you're strongest in. So if you're strongest in, say, experiential intuition, then every single business, I, I do it for businesses, but you can do it in your personal life. Every decision that you make on a sheet of paper, and you can do this, what's your decision? Put four columns uh, and then put one decision that you made. And then the first thing you're going to find out the box easiest is experiential intuition. So what has my experience helped in that decision? That's going to be easiest. The other three are going to be tougher because you're going to think about it. But once you write down what the role of creative, situational, and and um, uh, creative, situational, and ex- experiential, sorry, relational, those are the other three that I mentioned. Uh, if experiential is your is your your um, uh, the best one for you, then those will be next to fill out. But now you can see what the role is, and what happens is over time. Not only do you notice the how each one of those four types lend itself to the decision, but you now start recognizing their particular intuitive signals for each one. So let's say when situational intuition is able to uh, send you a negative signal, that signal, let's just say, for example, that's the hairs on the back of your neck. And that happens to be a pattern that you've noticed by looking back in your experience. Now you know that even though you're you're really heavy on the experiential intuition and you've done this work, now you know that a negative intuitive signal from my situational intuition is on the hairs on the back of the neck. Let's say if you go back into another real estate portfolio or real estate location, again, experiential intuition, you know, boom, it's great. But then the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And now that's going to trigger you to say, oh, very quickly, I mean, you're not going to say this out loud, but you're going to sense, oh, that's from my situational intuition. Why am I getting a negative signal from my situational intuition? You're going to pull back. And because you've done the work now, you're going to say, okay, something's not right with this situation. What is it? And you're going to define that. So before you go ahead with that that particular business deal or that real estate deal, you're going to find out why your situational intuition is giving a red flag. Perhaps you didn't assess the property values correctly. Perhaps you're overbidding. Whatever it is, um, your situational intuition will come back. And then if you, let's say it's, it, you're overbidding, you come back to a lower bid and that signal's gone. You've taken care of situational intuition. You've taken care of experiential intuition. And perhaps the other two are giving you green signals or the positive signals you're golden. So in that, that scenario that I slowed down really quickly, you would have wasted money overbidding because your situational intuition is telling you that that's what you're doing. So again, I'm, and, and over time, once you write this down, you notice the patterns of signals, you know what the, the four types are doing so that when it gets faster and faster and faster, and the next time, you know, over, if you do diligently do your work, and that's why I work for 12 months with, with business, um, with those in business, uh, generally at the 12 month mark or sooner, you'll be able to notice those patterns right away. And so some decisions you'll be able to make quickly. Other decisions, you'll have to take a step back, say, mm, okay, let me work with this template here and figure out what's going on. Because maybe for the more important decisions, you need the template for the more mundane ones. Yeah, I can, I can kind of figure this out really quickly with the four types of intuition. Um, but over time, then it just becomes quicker and quicker. So for me, for example, because I've been doing this for a long time, um, I'm able to walk into a business and mentally go through the four types of intuition to quickly assess whether business is on track in a strategy expansion, in their operational costs being too high, uh, in the culture being off, um, whatever the case is, I'm able to go in and quickly tap into my intuition. I'll back it up with data and I'll back it up with findings because as you were saying very earlier, much earlier in this podcast interview, you can't just go in and say, my intuition is saying you shouldn't go into this strategy. You know, they're going to say, what the heck are we paying you for? We're not yeah. paying you for, you know, that kind of stuff, but I will go in uh, and I'll say, okay, um, the people you hire, the skill sets are not there for you to expand into this area, or you don't have the finances because you got to pay for marketing. You got to pay for extra HR costs and your market and, and some more sales staff. And you just don't have it without taking a loan. And if you take a loan, uh, your your uh, asset uh, your debt ratio is going to be too high, and so it's going to really 
you know, if it's going to really put you out of, out of touch with the banks, whatever the case is, my intuition will go in and pick apart the data or the language or the pieces of information that they will understand that supports that intuitive decision that you shouldn't go into that strategy. And so that's what I sell to the uh, the CEOs or the mem- boards, uh, members of the board um, to let them know why I, I was thinking like that. And in some cases, I've had a company that didn't go, that went against my intuition. That was a $2 million decision. Um, I had another company that was looking to acquire in the document management area, and they were going to about to do it alone. Um, and they were, they, they, which, which they would have wasted about $10 million. Um, and they were tied up with the big banks here in Canada. Uh, and so they, I told them that an acquisition strategy was better. And so they, instead of spending $10 million on the sales and losing, they spent, I think about five or $8 million in buying an existing company that had the customer base and technology to go into document management. And they were able to, able to seamlessly go through that. But again, it's using those four types of intuition to assess whether that's the right decision or not. And so that's the type of work I do. It's so amazing. I love how you have broken it down, Sunil, with a template to explain the different types of intuition, how we can strengthen them, how we can explain them to other people of like why we might be making the decisions that we're making. Um, And just, yeah, it takes a lot of what I've done through the years and what I've learned through my sports and, you know, studying flow state and, and psychology and, um, and intuition, but it, it explains it in so much more of a business um, aspect versus just kind of like this gut instinct. And, and I, yeah, it just makes perfect sense. And I can't wait to practice this and, and take these, um, these four different types of intuition and, and use your template and, and kind of break it down and also strengthen the types of intuition that maybe are, are weaker for me right now. So this is super cool. And, and I love this conversation. I'm going to have to check out your book now. Um, and uh, ironically, I was reading a book on t- intuition when, when I got connected with you. And that was just another one of these gut instincts where I'm like, huh, well, that seems like too ironic of a coincidence. I think I should reach out and, and, and connect with Sunil. So again, maybe... Yeah, these these th- these things. I mean, it's it, some people believe in manifestation, other people's don't. But uh, the more and more times that I've I've interviewed people where they've thought about something and it happens, uh, you know, from those those who have gone into business, uh, who've written down, you know, exact numbers that they're going to make in their business, the exact truck that they're going to have. Um, one one of the uh, billionaires I interviewed for my podcast series, Tom Smith, uh, said, "I'm going to be a Grant Cardone. I'm going to meet him in a year." And he had never heard about Grant Cardone. Writes it down in his journal, and he, exactly a year later, Grant Cardone's team phoned him to say, "We need you. We want you to be a licensee." Um, so so you know, if we're to take your analogy and extrapolate that to these kind of situations, um, you know, that's possible. But then if you look at John Rothschild, my buddy, who who says the intuition doesn't exist. If I was to explain that to him, he'd say, come on, Sunil. Okay, I just understood that. I, I trust my intuition to open up Eastside Mario's. I'm not going to believe in manifestation. So this is this is where you have to go with what you understand. So mm-hmm. you talk about flow state very much like that's a positive intuitive signal saying things are flowing. Mindfulness, uh, self-awareness, if those are adjectives that speak to you, fantastic. My job is not to shove a definition down your throat. My job is to say, here are four types of intuition. They all have signals. You define it the way you want. And the science shows that uh, intuition is in the amygdala, which means there's no no capacity for language. So you use whatever terms that you want uh, to define it. Just pay attention to the signals, use the four types of intuition. And if it's voices from God telling you to back away from a decision uh, or go ahead, Excellent. If it's your experience that's dictating it, fantastic. If it's manifestation you believe in and you, because you love the book, The Secret, great on you. Um, it's, a, it's an individual thing. And that's why it's so important to do the work yourself to figure it out what it is. I have, you, I have a template, but the template only works when you fill it out because yep. your templates can be different than mine. No, that's that's amazing, and I can't wait to uh, to take this template idea and practice this more. With I'm going to start with with all the different decisions that I make in life because uh, I think this is so amazing. So Neil, I could talk about intuition with you all day long, um, but I'm going to move us on to the next part of the show that I call the fire round, and I'm going to fire a couple quick questions that I ask all of our guests. Though before we continue with the show, I want to take a little bit of time to talk about Noom. 
Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards your goals at the pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noon Weight users finish the program and more than 60% of users that engage with the program keep the weight off for a year or more. So start building habits for healthier, long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash believe. Again, that's noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. Now let's get back to the fire round. So Neil, do you have a favorite quote or a current quote that you live by? Uh, the one quote that I live by is uh, when you take care of the inputs, the outputs take care of themselves which is when you trust the signals that your intuition is going to give you, the doors of opportunity will always open up for you as long as you take the action to open up the doors. That is amazing. Um, do you by chance have a favorite book or current book that you might be reading? Uh, so the one, um, the favorite book I have is uh, Power Versus Force. Um, and that goes into sort of frequencies and it talks about uh, the way that you talk to yourself and the different frequencies, but it's, it's really about, you know, self-talk and how important it is. Um, and it's a book that came out of the seventies, uh, but they did some really interesting experiments that, uh, you know, if you have some handout and you say some negative thoughts, then it's easy to push somebody else's hand down. But if you have positive thoughts, it's harder to push their, their, their hands down. And so uh, that really intrigued me in terms of sort of self-talk and how, how you see yourself. And if you, if, if you're walking around with a strength and intuition, nobody can touch you. Yeah. No, I haven't read that book. I'm going to have to check it out, but I have heard similar studies where even if you just try to do push-ups on the ground and, and you tell yourself, I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm weak. It's like very hard to do push-ups. But then in the same rep, you start saying, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, like how it's so much easier. And, and uh, yeah, the, just the power of how we talk to ourselves is, again, one of these things that I think it's too easy to like to write it off and say, Oh, well, you know, whatever, but it's the mind. It's such a, such an incredible and powerful tool for sure. Uh, Sunil, um, if you could give one piece of advice to a younger version of you, or if you can go back in time and give one piece of advice to yourself, uh, what might that be? So my advice is simple. I've got a 10-year-old and a 15-year-old. And ever since they're born, they've been hearing, trust your intuition, trust your signals that your intuition is, is giving you. And, uh, you know, they have been able to move away from bullying behavior even before it started because of these things called signals. They may not know it formally as signals because they ask me, dad, what does that actually mean? Um, and uh, for my 15-year-old, uh, so if you look at the paintings behind me, uh, she's an artist. And so at 12, she had an intuitive wake up call moment to help those with disabilities and illnesses through her art. And so she actually runs a nonprofit business that has raised over $30,000 in two years uh, to help those with disabilities and illnesses express themselves through art, which is an official Canadian nonprofit because she trusted her intuition to live a, this life of purpose. So I, I put my money where my mouth is with both my girls. My, my youngest one is starting a business in bookmark business in the bookmarking, uh, just selling bookmarks for nonprofit uh, as a nonprofit business to raise money for um, uh, the sick kids hospital in Toronto. And I told her, if you're serious, then you have to raise 500 bucks. And so she did it in five days. Uh, wow. She did two Zoom calls, two Zoom pitches. Uh, this was when she was eight. Wow. She pitched, she pitched a 15 minute Zoom call with my, one of my buddies he gave her a hundred bucks. Then I had a podcast interview very much like this. And I was talking with uh, someone and he said, I'd like to hear a pitch from your daughter. And I said, okay. And so she set that up. She sent him the scoop link. Uh, and 15 minutes later, she told her, uh, told him why she was doing it. And he says, okay, where do I send my hundred bucks? Um, and so that's based on intuition, 
trusting yourself, self-confidence, listening to the signals, don't tell other people that you can't do anything. All those things that we tell our children or we want to tell our children really kind of gets boiled down to the essence of the intuitive signals. Um, and that's how they're living lives today. It doesn't mean they're not going to fail. Failure is a fantastic because that's yet another data point to send you a negative signal. So if, you're, if you've missed a signal and you failed at something or you had a hurdle, I love those because once again, that's going to go into the subconscious of your brain. And if you make a decision similar to that again, guess what? There's going to be a negative signal saying, you failed at that, don't you remember? So don't do it again. And so if I can give that base for my daughters, which I have, as a father, my purpose is, is I'm living that every single day. That's amazing. And just, just for our listeners um, that might want to check it out, and I definitely will as well, what are your daughter's um, nonprofits? Is there like a website or something that they can go check them out? Yes. So my oldest, uh, her uh, website is called heartification.com, H-E-A-R-T-ification.com. Okay. And my youngest one, uh, it's we've just looking at a URL called books to knowledge or books to read.com. We're deciding on one of the two URLs. But she's already shot her uh, main video. Uh, she's raised the 500 bucks. She's designed the bookmarks. We're, so we're probably going to get a Shopify website in the next couple of weeks. Um, and then we'll nail down the URL, open up the nonprofit, and then away she goes. And her, uh, she's just turning 10 this year. Wow. So her goal is to raise $10,000 this year uh, by December to donate to Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. So that'll probably be another couple of weeks away before the official website is up. That is so cool. Uh, I'm as a father myself. I'm sure you're you're quite proud of your daughters, and and it's truly incredible how you teaching intuition is is connecting with them and just giving back to the whole world. It's amazing. Um, Sunil, uh, I've got a, a a final question here for you. Actually, there's there's one more after this. So, but. Um, if today was your last day, this this one, I guess, is one of my favorites, which uh, I always think of it as the final, but it's, it's not the final question. But uh, if today was your last day on earth and everything that you've done up to now, everything that you've learned was to go with you and all that you were left with was a piece of paper and a pen that you could leave three truths. You could write down three things that you believe to be true to leave to your daughters, to your family, um, to anyone who follows along and just three things that you believe to be true that you would want to share with others, what might those three truths be? So the first one is easy. Uh, trust the signals that your intuition is giving you. Uh, the second is make sure you surround yourself with the right people who are truly there to support you. Not They, they won't be just yes people or, or you know, people coming, uh, you know, surrounding yourself with ego but the real people who will support you through thick and thin and will give you constructive criticism. And the last one is live a life with purpose and change people's lives when you do that. I love that. I love all of the advice there, especially uh, live with purpose and to change lives and in a positive direction. So this has been truly incredible, Sunil. Um, I absolutely love everything that you're that you're teaching, that you're sharing with us. For anybody else that would love to just kind of follow along more or learn more from you, what might be the best way for them to connect with you or reach out? Yeah, absolutely. So to find out what my work is all about, they can go to sunilgatsi.com to find out all about intuitive branding. Uh, I'm, on a, I'm on all the socials, like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, TikTok, I don't do any dances because if I do, I'm sure the intuition, there's some intuitive signals saying, oh boy, uh, maybe I should not follow this guy. Uh, but yeah, DM me, reach out, uh, contact me. And if you need any help on the business side, um, you know, check out the testimonials of those who've uh, put a, a million dollars to the bottom line by intuitive banding, uh, check out my webinar and hopefully we'll have, hop on a call to help or just consume my content and uh, just find out what your signals are, find out how to work that template. Uh, and so you can easily do this yourself in your personal life or your professional life, whatever, whatever suits you. That's awesome. I will put all the links to your social website and your daughter's nonprofits as well. Uh, I highly encourage everybody to go check out Sunil online, check out some of his content. Uh, for me personally, my intuition brought me into this conversation and I'm so glad it did. I have learned so much. Sunil, I always try to give back as much value as I can because I gain so much value from this conversation. Um, so is there anything that you personally are working on that either I could help you out with or possibly even my listeners? 
Yeah. Just sharing what my daughters are doing, I think is just golden for me because that sort of gives them that oomph that people are listening and watching. And then, you know, like, I think that's, that's, that's more than enough. And, and that fulfills me and that'll fulfill them. And it just pushes their purpose even forward that more people are just listening to what they're doing and, and helping them promote what they're trying to do in terms of changing the lives from on their own accord. That's so awesome. I will do everything that I can and promote them and check them out as well. Uh, and I, again, encourage everyone else to check out these nonprofits. Sounds like these young girls are doing some amazing things at quite the young age. Um, final question of the day for you, Sunil. What is your definition of awesome? My definition of awesome is being able to obviously tap into my intuition, but it's able to help someone uh, move their life in a forward direction in whatever way, shape or form that you can to support them. Uh, and, and when you can live your life every single day, having that effect on people, there is no better way to live from my perspective because that feeling is incredibly awesome. That is truly awesome. Again, Sunil, I have learned so much. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I have gotten so much value out of this. I hope you guys listening have also gotten as much value as I have. If you did, please, I ask you guys to share this out with someone that you think might need to hear it, someone that you think might need to tap into that intuitive spirit and uh, learn the four different templates, um, as well as maybe someone that might want to check out these nonprofit profits that uh, Sunil's young daughters are doing. Thank you guys so very much for tuning in, for sharing this. If you guys, again, got some value, please leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast app that you're listening to. And as always, I encourage you guys to tap into that intuition and have a truly awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.